platform listeners, it's Claudia here from Clayview. We've researched 50 UK retailers and found 80% could improve personalised product discovery. Find out how. Download our new e-commerce discovery report at clayview.com forward slash UK report. And thanks again for tuning in to the Replatform podcast. It's myself, James, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Paul Rogers. How are you doing, sir? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, enjoying the freezing cold pouring rain that's returned to the beautiful UK uh, countryside. <laughs> um, right, so today we are talking about digital experience platforms and the benefits of unified data for e-commerce, which sounds like a mouthful, but it's a very important topic. That data is at the heart of e-commerce and e-commerce teams have been increasingly looking to develop personalised shopping experiences. But personalisation is tricky given fragmented user journeys, proliferation of devices and channels, and also, in a lot of businesses, disparate data sources. So data for unification is an important step to help retailers on the path of genuine personalization, not just segmentation. And today we're talking to specialists in this area, we're talking to Bloomreach. And their website boldly states that great commerce experiences start with product discovery. And we, we tend to agree with this because if you can't find or be recommended a suitable and useful product, then the wider customer experience becomes less impactful. So product discovery is critical. So let's find out where the Bloomreach digital experience platform fits in how their platform enables e-commerce teams to improve product discovery. So welcome today to Brian Walker, who's Chief Strategy Officer. Hi, Brian. Hello there. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks very much for taking the time to join us. How's the weather over with you? Is it uh, a bit sunnier than in the grey, clouded London? Well, I live in Seattle, so often our weather is very similar to yours, but I must report that today there is a good, solid hint of spring in the air, and the sun is actually shining. I'm, I'm sorry to report. Don't be sorry. We're, we're envious, but happy for you at the same time. I'll get my voodoo doll now of you. Let's <laughs> get my revenge. Um, so we're going to start with the basics. So first of all, before we, we get you to kind of um, explain what Bloomreach is and does, could you give people a bit of flavor for, for what you do and who you are? Yeah, my name is Brian Walker, as you've mentioned already, and I'm Chief Strategy Officer here at Bloomreach. Um, I am a longtime veteran of e-commerce and digital experience, and I've essentially played almost every role um, in the marketplace from someone who ran uh, early e-commerce sites. I worked at Amazon. I worked at Expedia. I then uh, was a lead analyst at Forrester for commerce technology for a number of years before I went to the software side and um, led strategy for Hybris, um, a commerce platform that was then acquired by SAP. I've also spent time at Accenture leading the global commerce offering before I went back to the software side where I am now, of course, at Bloomreach where I lead strategy. And I've got a number of different things that I look after, including marketing and, and go-to-market strategy and, and product strategy. Fantastic. Thank you. So just a few small areas of the business to look after, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's start with the basics for people who are new to Bloomreach because we get a mix of people on these podcasts. So for those who don't know enough about what you do, can you explain what, what a DXP is? What does it do and how is it different to like a standard CMS or merchandising tool? Yeah, it's an excellent question. So obviously DXP stands for Digital Experience Platform, and, and that's a pretty apt description. Um, digital Experience Platforms essentially grew out of web content management solutions in a sense, sort of the next evolution. Um, you know, in, in its at its heart, this is really about the um, kind of consolidation of different capabilities 
into into a single uh, solution. Um, incorporating personalization, targeting, and your ability to to leverage all of this data to drive to drive your digital experience. So it's no longer just about laying out pages, but of course, it's increasingly about using all that data to optimize the experience for your end user. In addition to giving merchants and marketers the tool sets that they need to kind of advance their campaigns and their strategies uh, through their digital channels. Of course, we're talking about <clears throat> many different digital channels now. And in the case of Bloomreach, we're very focused on commerce and digital marketing. So the channels that we're focused on, of course, are our clients' websites, their mobile apps, their mobile sites, and their digital marketing, especially they're basically direct digital marketing in the form of email, text messages, app notifications, um, and social media um, uh, kind of marketing strategies. So digital experience, right, it kind of spans a, a fairly broad spectrum of things. And these platforms um, in this marketplace, you know, to varying degrees, there's different strengths um, and weaknesses across the market and different areas of focus. But in principle, these are platforms that are aimed at, at helping businesses uh, drive and optimize their digital experiences across all these various channels that they're trying to manage now. Great. And um, and on that, um, I guess, scope of Bloomreach and connected to DXP, uh, Bloomreach recently acquired Exponia, um, mm-hmm. which gives, which, you know, a big selling point is around that kind of unified single customer view. Um, how does this fit into the Bloomreach portfolio and how do you plan to kind of integrate it within the core product? Yeah, at the at the heart of what we're focused on here at, at Bloomreach is is helping our clients really drive, uh, as I said before, um, a personalized contextual experience for their customer, and that's true in both retail and B two C type uh, applications, and also in B two B. Um, at Bloomreach, we've got a long history of of using uh, the customer signal to optimize the the experience, including product discovery, product personalization, and much of that is within the experience that they're having uh, on uh, the site or in the application uh, that they're engaging in. But with Exponia, it enables us to actually develop a rich profile of the customer that incorporates, you know, how they're responding to marketing, how they're responding to uh, various advertising and so forth, um, and start to really develop a rich um, a rich customer profile that also can incorporate uh, other data sources, right? Uh, some of it real-time, some of it asynchronous. And you start to blend the capabilities of Bloomreach and Exponia together to drive a really rich customer profile that you can then use predictive uh, analytics and, and machine learning to know when is the right time to uh, send a message or <clears throat> deliver a piece of marketing through the right channel and then optimize their site experience based on what they're interacting with. So it's really a consistent experience for the customer that's, of course, also personalized. So it's a very differentiating capability. It's also, frankly, um, very well-timed, in our opinion, for the transitions that are happening in the digital marketing um, space as a whole, as, of course, third-party cookies and retargeting and targeting and all these kinds of of techniques um, are are really going away. And now brands and retailers and B2B companies really need to think about 
marketing to the customers they already have um, much more effectively, um, using first-party data, or as we call it, zero-party data, the data that the customer actually willingly shares in order to have a better experience uh, working uh, with the businesses they do business with. And so having that kind of capability, excuse me, becomes very important um, to, to driving your business results. It also is much more efficient from a marketing stands, a spend standpoint. And we leverage that, that, uh, that, that profile, that data, again, to optimize the landing pages, the merchandising, the search results, the product recommendations as well. And it just ends up um, really delivering a very meaningful lift for the client. And then one other point, right, in this era of of consumer data privacy protection, GDPR, or the new California regulations, this is a trend that is certainly not going to slow down. And uh, having a a customer data platform really at the heart uh, of what we're able to do now enables our clients to to know that they are in absolute compliance um, and have the capability to really effectively uh, manage uh, customers um, um, and you know privacy and consumer data um, in a way that um, that is reassuring and is in full compliance. So there's a lot of benefits that come from the addition of Exponia to Bloomreach. And um, and what was it that impressed you most about Exponia? And what are some of the core use cases that you think that combined offering um, will bring to e-commerce teams? Yeah, it's an excellent question. Uh, I'd say there are a couple of different things that were really impressive um, and, and that we really liked. You know, first of all, very robust uh, platform with, um, you know, uh, similar to, to Bloomreach, but with a little different application of AI and ML to help support what the marketers were using the platform to do. Very happy customers. Um, you know, we uh, we of course um, did quite a lot of due diligence in the market, um, and when we started talking to um, Exponia's customers, uh, we just heard uh, phenomenal things about the results um, that the customers were receiving, but also engaging with the client. Uh, you know, Exponia really has a very similar set of values, very customer centric, customer first, very service oriented, very similar culture uh, that we have at Bloomreach. And then the last thing is really just commerce focused. Um, Bloomreach is a digital experience platform that is very focused on e-commerce, digital commerce, and helping clients in that market space. We compete with many others who have a more horizontal strategy. Um, but in you know, commerce applications, uh, Bloomreach really excels. And we really liked the fact that Exponia was also very focused on working with um, with businesses who are selling online and, and using these channels um, in a critical way to drive their business. And of course, with the pandemic, um, unfortunately, um, a byproduct of the pandemic certainly was the acceleration of, of digital commerce from a, you know, a companion channel <laughs> to other channels to to maybe an omni-channel strategy these companies were starting to pursue to a digital first strategy right and so we just feel very strongly that this that this focus um, that just built really into the heart of their tool um, and into the use cases that they're really trying to support um, 
is really, um, you know, really stood out to us uh, versus other people in the CDP and marketing automation space who are not necessarily focused on a specific industry vertical. And as a, as a result, their their solutions naturally are a bit watered down when you look at, at commerce use cases. And you touched um, you touched earlier on issues with traditional cookie tracking. I'd be keen to get your take, preliminary take, on what's happening with like those of Apple and Facebook, you know, uh, third party cookie issues, first party cookie moves. What do you think the implications are for e-commerce teams? Yeah, I think there's a there's a pretty large disruption happening um, already, but it's certainly going to be playing out over the next few years. Um, with the sort of elimination of third-party cookies and traditional strategies that advertisers have used to do targeting um, of customers with advertising and to acquire customers um, using those different techniques. And, you know, there's been kind of a, a dirty underbelly, if you will, with internet marketing out there with, with cookie exchanges and buying lists and customers not really opting in and, and so forth to having this tracking taking place um, in their browsing behavior online, et cetera. And we've all experienced it as consumers and we all kind of know what that looks like. And, and certainly um, the regulatory environment certainly kicking off now a number of years ago with GDPR in Europe, um, but also just as a general trend, um, certainly playing out also now on the other side of the pond um, here in North America. And certainly that's one driver. But now you've seen Apple and Google um, really uh, decide kind of in a, in a somewhat, uh, I guess, bilateral, but I guess you could say in a sense, unilateral way to to really start to, to lock down the use of these things and require customer opt-ins to share data and information. Some in the market would say this is a bit of a power play. Um, I'm not going to really get into any commentary about, about that, but certainly it could benefit of course, Apple and Google, to some degree, they might be in it for slightly different objectives, but nonetheless uh, could could derive some benefits. And of course, it kind of is, uh, in a sense, a bit of an affront to the likes of Facebook, um, who has, in a sense, taken that argument public and is also probably very actively lobbying behind the scenes. But I think the trend is pretty clear. Um, so that will really change how marketing is done online. And what it really emphasizes then is the need for a first party, or as I said earlier, zero party data strategy, where you're really focused on the customers you have, the customers you're acquiring, getting opt-ins, getting those permissions for the customer, and certainly customers, we all do this all the time, right? We will share information if it improves our experience and we're working with a brand, a retailer, or a business that we trust. And so this trend uh, certainly necessitates it. Meanwhile, one way that, uh, that, that, that many of these platforms are starting to um, uh, kind of adapt is to go to more of a, a, a back-end API strategy where you can do targeting, for example, through Facebook when you integrate via their APIs. The only real way to do that is having a, a customer data platform in place. Now, some larger uh, uh, businesses might try to do that on their own, um, but increasingly, of course, they're looking to 
uh, commercial applications that enable them to really solve this problem relatively quickly. It comes with a lot of benefits. There's a lot of integrations in place. And you have tooling kind of ready for the marketer to take advantage of versus having to, of course, build all that yourself. And even businesses that are kind of trying to build their own customer data infrastructure often don't care about the business users, right? You know, homegrown software, you know, there's not, nothing necessarily new here. That, that's a typical outcome when businesses build their own. <clears throat> Nonetheless, um, that's also perpetuating the trend. Uh, towards customer data platforms. And so, you know, this this emphasis on <clears throat> regulation, the change in the regulatory environment, which is impacting also um, the marketing, uh, you know, sort of strategies and tactics. And then, of course, this sort of power play that's happening with the elimination of third-party cookies, you know, support within browsers, all of this kind of adds up to kind of a fundamental change, probably for the better, in my opinion. This is far more efficient. You want to you want to actually, you know, if you do the math, for example, a retail website, let's just use that as an example. Their fastest path to business growth and profitability is selling more to their existing customers, which means, you know, better personalization, better contextualization. Make the marketing actually resonate with the customer by sending things to them that they actually care about. And how many of us really honestly believe that the emails that we're receiving from the businesses that are marketing to us are actually paying attention to us? (laughs) I would say the number is relatively low. That's huge low-hanging fruit. Meanwhile, you then need to link the experience you deliver on your site um, in a way that, 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 that is consistent and contextual, but, you know, don't market to me a product that is out of stock in my size market, the products to me that you know, that I care about based on what I've purchased before or the interests I've shared with you, or yes, how I've browsed your site, um, what I've searched for, um, what I've engaged with across all these different channels. And that will yield much more efficient results that actually deliver to the bottom line versus going out there and trying to acquire customers in these terribly inefficient ways. And most of those customers aren't buying again. And so you're just reacquiring customers again. So this trend, you know, this, this sort of change that's happening, very fundamental shift, kind of tectonic in a way, um, shift that's happening in digital marketing, um, I think is actually for the better right i think this is this is more sustainable model and i think you know businesses that really lean in and embrace and and invest um i think they're actually going to yield a much more efficient and scalable business results as well great um and i guess the next question so initially or from uh, the early days you started out focused more on search and merchandising that's kind of what i always knew bloom rich for mm-hmm. when i first got into ecom um can you talk us through this side of the product today um and then how it differs from some of the more mainstream solutions out there and also what um aspects of merchandising do you cover yeah, well, actually, so well before my time, obviously, but <clears throat> the the original product that, that Bloomreach developed was actually an SEO solution aimed at commerce um, use cases that really automated a lot of the SEO cross-linking and discovery. So product discovery and e-commerce have always been at the heart of Bloomreach. But of course, there was fundamental shifts that happened Um 
that SEO product, by the way, is still very much an important part of our platform, but it's kind of like in the, in the, in the, in the body of it, in a sense. And, you know, we still deliver a tremendous amount of value through that component of the platform. So I just don't want to characterize it as, oh, you know, there was this complete pivot and that, that, that solution was tossed far from it. It's still an important piece of it, but certainly um, product discovery and recognizing how to leverage all this great data that um, that they were indexing and using machine learning and AI to 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 you know take advantage of to drive SEO led them uh, to to develop the search and merchandising solution, which, as you said, is sort of what Bloomreach is known for. And you know, I don't think it's really a boast at all to say that Bloomreach is. The, the leading commerce search solution in the market. Um, you know, the, um, the performance, the, 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 the clients we work with, the scale that our solution is operating at, uh, powering essentially uh, $250 billion um, in, uh, in, in online sales, uh, that's a massive scale. Like anyone who's just even thinking about the top ten e-commerce sites out there is going to recognize that that's a very big number. Um, essentially, number two. At any rate, that that course uh, was really focused on 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 improved product discovery and and using AI and ML to do everything from enhance the product attribution in an automated way. Uh, listening certainly, there's a semantic processing that takes place uh, on data ingestion. But then, really, I think the the, the really meaningful uh, augmentation to that is really just listening to the customers and what you know what they are engaging with, what they're searching for, and we do this at such massive scale that the solution learns very quickly. And what this means is that businesses that have unusual product names, colors, like all these kinds of things that are very manual historically to use, you know, tools to try to manage search, for example, or manage what we say is merchandising here. Um, you know, we automate all that. And frankly, we do a better job. I mean, you're going to want to do some, you know, intervention around maybe a very specific new product launch, and you're going to have your merchants in there and they're going to be doing some work, but really, um, the Bloomreach solution is able to do this um, at massive scale, certainly from a long tail perspective, but even kind of at the top of the tail, we usually have a pretty massive impact. And sometimes it doesn't even sound very believable when we say it because it, you know, people often in this industry have, have boasted about conversion rates and revenue lift and so forth for so many years. I think it's natural for people to feel a little cynical when they hear numbers tossed around, but it's not unusual for us to, to have a, a 10% um, impact on conversion rates and, and revenue um, just by using this application. Um, now, when we say merchandising, we're talking about um, your category pages and, and all your landing pages that you're using, which essentially is powered off the same index we use for search. And again, um, you have the ability as a merchant to you know, decide how you want to you know, manage your site and navigate it. 
have your customers navigate it. But we also then really dramatically enhance that, applying personalization within that, uh, within you know business rules that you can decide to set, and really optimizing that. And then a whole host of personalization tools, including within your search and merchandising, to do things like thematic, um, uh, you know, product collections that are driven dynamically. Um, and again, personalized to the customer within that theme. So one example would be, for example, a grocer who wants to serve customers who have unique diets, like let's just say Cato for, for purposes of this discussion. Um, they're going to have lots of different products that are appropriate for someone with a Cato diet. Through the course of the year, there's lots of different holidays. There's lots of different celebrations that they want to like promote their food and recipes around these different things. Like using our personalization tools, you can target like that diet, but also you know incorporate all these different sort of thematic merchandising uh, strategies over the course of the year, and it's all automated. So it really takes a lot of the um, the effort. Out of the out of what the merchant needs to do to manage the app, you know the 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 the, the search and merchandising of their website, so they can focus on other things. They're a little higher value um, than maybe in the weeds um, trying to to do that because they just can't scale, right? They just cannot do it. So to try to do that manually is just a tremendous amount of effort, and they're never going to be, frankly, better than what we can accomplish leveraging the data. And, uh, and and the power of our, our machine learning and AI to really complement what the merchants are doing. Hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, definitely. There's something I'd like to drill into a bit more detail because I think it's a really interesting capability for e-commerce teams to understand. So you talk about semantic capabilities for, for understanding complex data. So could you give people a few use cases of how you're able to ingest like complex product data and how the tooling then makes sense of it to facilitate better like search matching, um, you know, attribute uh, um, capabilities, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, if you're, uh, if you're in e-commerce, you know, you're very accustomed to um, having to, 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 you know, really focus on your product data quality and you recognize that, um, you know, there's all this like product data enhancement that you need to do, like what you're getting from your suppliers or what you're getting out of your ERP or supply chain system is certainly not adequate. So there's all this effort that goes into the data you need to sell in your website. The challenge is you're leaving a ton on the table, right? And you might describe something as uh, chocolate. That could be a color. It could be a flavor right? It can be a whole host of different things. And trying to like detailed out all of that in your product information, you're never going to get there. So as an example, our solution learns that automatically, right? It learns that, but through customer behavior, it learns that by listening and and watching uh, customers engaging your website. And in relatively quick order, right? Weeks is going to start really optimizing that, which means better relevant search results. It means better merchandising and personalization as a result. So we're using this semantic processing, not to just parse the data that you're giving us, but really to enhance it dramatically uh, using our machine learning and AI. So that's just one aspect of the platform but obviously a very powerful one. And it is what in many ways separates Bloomreach from other generic uh, or commercially available 
uh, like open source or commercially available search solutions out there? Because search sounds pretty commoditized. I mean, we've all been talking about it for so long, and it's obviously a very fundamental part of, of most websites. So it's easy to sort of discount and say search is search. Search is not just search. Um, and, you know, we deliver this all as, a, as an API-first solution, right? We are ingesting data by API. We're publishing out by API, obviously, in real time, dynamically, the results. Um, and so you can also think about different places you might apply uh, this, this capability besides just a search results page. In fact, we have a, a really interesting customer in New Zealand who just launched this terrific um, app. They are a building, uh, they are a, a building, B2B building supply company, right? So, you know, like how much innovation do you think is going on there? Well, they just launched a phenomenal new app that enables their contractor customers, which is largely the market they're focused on, uh, to to get you know super relevant results uh, from bar scans from voice right um, and and obviously from from text search and and obviously merchandising it incorporates the ability to take this app into one of their physical locations build orders right and then starts to personalize it because they know what that contractor ultimately is, is typically focused on and so you know just an example of taking that kind of technology that we offer and there's a lots of different ways to apply it beyond just a simple search box, right? And so when we talk about a digital experience platform, right, we're combining content, we're combining uh, dynamic uh, search and merchandising capability and personalization, both in terms of one-to-one targeting, um, and then and then obviously algorithmically derived personalization that incorporates products and content. And essentially, running your 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 experience, you can run your whole experience on top of on top of the Bloomreach platform, which is a fully headless solution delivered via API in the cloud, multi-tenant, and um, it will run. You can run everything up until the point where you're essentially checking a customer out, and then there's typically a, an integration that's going to happen to it to your commerce platform. Lots of different options, and uh, that's that's kind of how it works, um, essentially. Now, we also deliver the platform in a modular way. So we have many customers who are only using us for the search and merchandising solution. We'll have many customers in the future who are using us for for the the marketing solutions from uh, Exponia that we mentioned earlier. But you know, our 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 strategy is to deliver value be a trusted partner for these customers and have them start to use more and more of the platform. And that is absolutely the case. And we've, you know, that's one of the, the, the key stories for us through this uh, past year is how many customers really turned to us and really um, added more capability from, from Bloomreach to enhance their, uh, their digital commerce businesses capabilities. And uh, so that's, you know, and it all comes down to customer, customer centric um, and customer focus and, uh, and, and delivering value every day with a high performance solution. And, and then it all takes care of itself essentially from there. Perfect. Um, and then you have various kind of integrations with different platforms and technologies. Um, 
yeah, can you just maybe talk us through some of those um, and some of your kind of average platforms you work with? And then also, like, yeah, your optimal integration, I guess, because um, one of the notes that James has made here is um, server-side integration versus maybe a JavaScript um, integration or client-side integration. Um, so, yeah, maybe if you just talk us through some of the benefits there from a kind of UX performance and control perspective. Well, I'm not a software engineer. I'm not a developer, so I'll do my best. But yeah, we do, you know, they're probably the the, the, the set of integrations that probably are, are most in focus is probably, again, these commerce platform uh, integrations, since we typically either, in a sense, sit on top of, if you, could, you can think of it that way, the commerce platform or integrate into a commerce platform and, and customers have choice there uh, in terms of how they want to do that, um, you know, or, or what kind of problems, you know, they're looking, looking to solve. Um, but certainly, you know, the, the kinds of partners that we integrate with are SAP Hybris, Salesforce, um, we have integrations with commerce tools and big commerce. We're just launching the first uh, uh, Shopify plus uh, site um, as well. So a whole host of different elastic path, a whole host of different uh, platforms that, that we integrate with. And then we have many customers who are starting to take their legacy platforms headless, uh, exposing them via API. And we're starting to integrate more and more frequently uh, with that kind of an approach. And of course, you know, many of your listeners are very focused on headless and, and really that's just a, a way of describing a shorthand way of describing um, an API first multi-tenant um, microservices oriented uh, approach to, to delivering applications where you're essentially disconnecting your, your front end and you're starting to use more and more, see more and more use of uh, open source uh, front ends like React and Vue, et cetera, uh, on the front end. And, and many customers are running Bloomreach headless and where we'll integrate with a commerce platform and a whole host of other third-party applications end up getting integrated often in, in that strategy. We also have customers who will, in a sense, plug us into um, an environment like Salesforce Commerce Cloud or SAP Hybris or, again, legacy applications. There's certainly, I think we often forget um, the, uh, the very high number still of, of homegrown um, bespoke platforms that businesses have built. That's certainly true uh, in, in large degree in B2B. Um, but also um, old, uh, you know, IBM and ATG. And, and we've got a number of customers who are like, the commerce platform kind of does what it's supposed to do. But there's all this host of capabilities around the digital experience and, and, and commerce experience that we're lacking. And so we're seeing more and more customers looking to, in a sense, as I said, you know, take their legacy platforms headless um, in order to, you know, not have to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. That's a choice that businesses, you know, need to think carefully about. There are benefits, obviously, of modernizing their commerce platform. But in some cases, the benefits are nascent. They're kind of uh, hard to value because you're kind of getting a like-for-like -like capability with what can be a fairly heavy lift. Um, and, uh, and so I think a lot of businesses are thinking carefully about that, especially when you know, they have a substantial business now 
uh, in these channels um, and the risk of, of kind of rip and replace becomes very significant. And they've got all these integrations working. They might have some custom logic within their legacy platform that they're anxious about replicating uh, even if they move to a modern stack. So that's, a, that's an example of something that we're seeing. Now on the marketing side, many different integrations in order to, again, ingest data, uh, marketing data, including you know Facebook, as I mentioned earlier. So there's lots of different data sources that customers want to pull data into the platform, which is fairly easy. Uh, to do, but obviously we also offer a wide range of different integrations for customers to leverage in order to ingest data into the platform easily. And then of course, taking advantage of our platform in a variety of different touch points, it's all API based. Um, and, uh, and, and so, you know, you can, you can develop a whole host of different digital applications uh, to leverage uh, the platform not just your site or your app, obviously, um, a whole host of different things that, that customers are looking to accomplish. Um, quite, I've got a question around where, where uh, Bloomreach is going, because obviously it's a, you know, DXPs have got a lot of functionality, and then you, you've acquired Ex, Exponia, so you've got all these additional like data capabilities. What is, what's coming up in 2020? Is the focus around the, the unified data platform, or are there some big, big um, uh, functional releases coming up as well? Yeah, we, we're introducing quite a lot of different um, capabilities within the platform this year. And obviously, I can't I can't necessarily reveal like our full roadmap here uh, on the podcast, but but you know certainly um, you know within each of our different product domains, uh, a pretty pretty substantial and aggressive roadmap. And I'll just say this, kind of in response to your question, right? We are we remain very focused on commerce. So if you're in B two B, if you're in B two C. Um, and even what I would call sort of non-traditional commerce environments, including uh, public sector and financial services, um, you know, that's the marketplace that we're really focused on. And so we we think every day about well, how can we help our customers drive a better business. So while it's absolutely a, a, a you know a uh, a technology platform that customers are going to build on top of, that their developers are going to want to engage with, and and we want to provide a really uh, high quality developer experience with the platform. We are very focused on the business outcomes that we drive um, through um, through our marketing solutions, our search and merchandising solutions, how content capabilities complement that. And even, you know, SEO, as I mentioned earlier, is an important capability. So that's really what we're focused on. And our roadmap is, is, uh, is, is absolutely uh, committed uh, to, uh, to ensuring that our, our platform is, is the best choice uh, for a business who's focused on that. And, and so, yeah, uh, to answer your question, that's everything that we do is really focused on that. I think certainly the the developer experience, as I said, is super important to us. And so we have also quite a lot of activity focused on ensuring uh, the developer also sees Bloomreach as a preferred option, a preferred solution uh, for their business to give them the flexibility and agility and scalability they need uh, to deliver, you know, great, great outcomes for the, for their clients or for their business that they work for. 
Great. And um, so earlier I discovered your podcast, um, which looks really good. And you've had some really interesting um, guests on recently. Um, what's the, can you give us like a bit of an overview on that and, um, and maybe tell our listeners where they can find out more on that side as well? Yeah, well, thanks for asking. Yeah, I really enjoy doing my own podcast as well. And, and I'm really more focused typically on the business issues behind what's happening in the marketplace. And so I've been fortunate enough to have a wide range of guests on to talk, talk about what's happening in retail and in B2C, including you know, consumer packaged goods, financial services, B2B, travel, uh, drawing on my network and also had a, a number of customers on uh, the podcast as well. It's not an area where you're going to hear me pitching or talking about Bloomreach. We really want to focus on what what's going on, uh, you know, the, the macro trends. And obviously, it was, in a sense, a project that I was finally able to launch because of the pandemic, because I wasn't traveling all the time and had a little bit more time to, to maybe um, do some other other things that I'd been wanting to do for a while. Um, and the podcast um, is something we put out now every other week. Uh, the most recent episode was uh, with Brent Bellum, CEO of Big Commerce. Really great conversation uh, talking about really the remarkable pivot that Big Commerce um, went on to, to really move up market uh, from just an SMB focused solution to really one that's starting to serve some some larger uh, enterprise clients. And this is a pretty substantial move to become a leading headless platform and great conversation with Brent. Um, and uh, some really good episodes in the can that are coming out very, very, very soon um, as well. So yeah, check it out. It's called the State of Commerce Experience, and it's available on every in every uh, major podcast platform out there, uh, Spotify, Apple, etc. And uh, yeah, check it out. Really enjoyed doing it. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm trying to, to think about how to diversify some topics that I think are also really important for us to consider as an industry, uh, not just thinking about, you know, trends in commerce, but, you know, things like diversity and so forth that I think are also important parts of the conversation as business leaders we need to be having um, as we think about, you know, what has started early in my career as this little niche thing that people weren't sure if it was simply a fad and, you know, was maybe low single digits in terms of its revenue contribution for most businesses at the time to something that is now, as I said earlier, really the dominant strategy for every business out there. And I think even post-pandemic, um, is going to continue to be. So the podcast is really aimed at, at talking about the, the business issues around that. Um, there's other podcasts out there that are talk a little bit more about the news and, you know, the latest and so forth. But, um, but my podcast, I love to just have one-on-one -on -one conversations with, with business leaders to talk about what's happening. What are some of the, some of the, some of the key long-term trends, we may even have a little bit of a little bit of history as well. Some quite a few people that I know have been through uh, quite an evolution in this market. And we talked to people focused on other 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 markets like Africa and, and Asia as well. So check it out, State of Commerce Experience. Love to have you listen, and and you can contact me uh, contact me through uh, through Twitter and LinkedIn as well if you like. 
Fantastic. Thanks very much. Uh, there's been some, some really useful insights today. Uh, yeah, nice to hear your perspective on like the, the, the wider market and where data and uh, um, measurements go, but also to understand the practicalities of Bloomreach and where it fits in and what, what it does for e-commerce teams. So thanks for taking the time to join us. My pleasure. Thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit more about, about our solution. As I said in my podcast, I don't do that. <laughs> I've tried to avoid that. But thank you for all the the, uh, the great questions. And certainly anyone out there who's, who's focused on commerce and digital experience, I know you can quickly hop over to our website. But don't hesitate to reach out to us. We'd love to share more, whether it's how our marketing solutions can help you drive some of the things I talked about or our search and merchandising solutions and so forth. We We'd love to obviously share more. Excellent. And thanks as always to everyone who's listened in. Hope you found it a, a useful, interesting episode too. And that's the final episode in our customer experience series. So next month, we're moving on to a really important series on compliance. Uh, it might sound dry, but it's essential for e-commerce. We're covering uh, topics like accessibility of RNIB, PSD2 and PCI uh, updates with Adyen. So do stay tuned. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. <laughs>